0: You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Last Tuesday, we celebrated romantic love. But what is romantic love, actually? I spoke with Anthony Milligan from King's College London about one image of romantic love, the idea of finding a soulmate.
1: Love is obviously a many splendid thing. It's a variety of different things that we cluster together. And it makes sense because they go they go deep within our our lives. So when you love someone, you care for them in various quite deep ways. And their suffering is is something that that touches you in in a deep way. But I think above all, eh, when you when you love someone, you cannot help but mourn their loss. So if you want to get a theory of love, somebody that says, well, love is X, and this is the essential characteristic of it, then that's going to be extremely difficult because we've been working at it for about two and a half thousand years and the results should be coming out fairly soon, but we're not there yet. But but, but if you ask a simple question such as, what are the things that we love? Then I think you can answer that. And the answer to it is, the things that we love are the things that we whose loss we would mourn if the loss of something it uh, results in in grief if it strikes that deeply to you then it doesn't really matter whether we disagree about the definitions of love we know that it's something or someone that you that you love that was love it's the kind of care that goes to the heart of who we
0: who we are and you say also one of the difficult things about working on the philosophy of love, is that human relationships change, but our dominant yeah. images of love tend to remain the same. One of yeah. these images is the image of the soulmate. If if we talk about soulmates, what do we exactly mean by soulmates?
1: The, the 18-teens is the earliest instance of it, but the idea has been around for, for much longer. It's considered by Plato, but Plato is not that keen on it. But uh, you have the classic version of it, which is in this symposium by Plato. And he gives this wonderful story. Once upon a time, we were wonderful, rounded creatures. We all had four arms and four legs, and we could roll wherever we liked, as fast as we liked. And the gods said, we're not having this. They're having this great time, and here we are. So they split us down the middle in order to slow us down, leading us with a meagre, Two arms and two legs and and walking about in this awkward way, uh, But whenever we think we see that other half of ourselves that was cut down the middle by the gods, we rush together and try to physically fuse into that complete single whole being again, and that's the, that's the great classic image of the of the uh, of the soulmate that one true. Other half of yourself, without whom you you will be forever incomplete. And once you're fused with that other half, everything will fall into place. Now it's a very it's a beautiful image, and it's a haunting image. It's one that yes, I can, we kind of want that, and we want the other person to to be that for us. But it places an enormous burden on ourselves and upon other human beings. So for example, consider my wife, the lovely women next door in the next room. It would mean that I'm expecting Suzanne, my wife, to make me whole and complete. And that's never going to happen because I'm a human being. And the nature of human beings it, it has this incompleteness and imperfection built in. So it, it, it's not it, it can be misleading as well. It's a beautiful image, but we don't want to live in a beautiful image. We want to live real lives. And mm-hmm. real lives are, are a little bit more complex and varied. And
0: than those images allow. From that quote, I also get the feeling, is love something that, change, that is cultural and that's change? Has a history or is it? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, the ways in which we care for one another change greatly over the over the course of time. And we're at a point in time in, in history where we ask questions about how many people can you love and how many people can you love simultaneously. And it, someone may expect to to have several uh, several partners, and that's that partly fits with the with some aspects of the soulmate imagery, but there are aspects of the soulmate imagery which are about one person, the one true person who's out there for everyone and when you meet them, it'll be forever. And that's that. again, it's difficult to sustain that in the face of a sense of the fragility of, uh, of, of, of human beings and in the face of changing patterns of relationships and in the, the face of changing patterns of family life above mm. The experience of caring for others in ways that deeply shapes our sense of identity and the, in ways that leave us vulnerable to grief upon their loss, that's something that, that that's much more stable over time than the particular patterns of relationship or the uh, the. the the lengths of time that one may reasonably expect particular relationships to, to last for, and that does seem to be a fairly general human human need. The uh, the we are social animals. We we need to be with other uh, with other human beings, or at least know that there's the opportunity to to uh, to be with them, and that that goes with
0: with with being human when we fall in love do you th- sometimes people say are you blinded by love mm, yes so you project all your your ideals on someone or is it that we when we fall in love look better we see someone for the who they really are what do you what do you think do we are we blinded or do we see better
1: there's elements of projection but i wouldn't push that to the length that, that some people do, for example, Arthur Schopenhauer he took a very, very dim view on love. But, and he thought that love was biology's way of tricking us into producing the next generation. You see someone and you have these the scales before your eyes and you think they're wonderful. And then one day you wake up in bed, turn around and say, who is this stranger that's next to me? This, this isn't the, this isn't the miraculous being that I I married, but at that point it's too late because you produced the next next generation. I think that that's how overly pessimistic a, a view about the nature of love. I think love is a deep phenomena and like a lot of deep phenomena it discloses and at the same time conceals. But there's certainly an aspect of disclosure which is to it and we attend to those we love and those we fall in love with in the way that we don't with other people that the uh, yes the the imperfections are there out in the open but to you uh, these are imperfections that under certain circumstances you could have as well so it's a bit more like that it's uh, that you that you truly see the other person in uh in, in a more ego-breaking way. Than would otherwise be the case because so much of the time we're just caught up in uh, in what's really important, which is our own lives and uh, and everything is shaped by our, our, our experience of our own lives. And yet here is this phenomenon of, of love that breaks in and cracks that egocentricity and allows a little bit of light uh, from the outside to get in.
0: That was Anthony Milligan, a Scottish philosopher who is currently a senior researcher in the philosophy of ethics at King College London. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95bfm.com slash bcasts.